young they were young parents and they had they had uh, family situations of their own so uh but when i was 17 actually i had been suffering from all sorts of different um kind of like mental mental obstacles uh but a friend of mine uh guided me on a journey we were in high school but uh he provided me with some psilocybin mushrooms uh had a mind-blowing blowing psilocybin experience welcome to the mindfulness experience podcast i'm your host keith fiveson and today we're joined by a special guest mr justin boutier ceo of calix cpa llc in southern oregon Justin has 15 years of experience working with small business owners and has been a fierce advocate for the cannabis industry. As an active member of the psychedelic community, Justin is committed to assisting businesses in Oregon's blossoming psilocybin and psychedelic industry. He helps them navigate the implications of the 280E provision. He aims to spread awareness of the fallout of the 280E and introduce legal and practical strategies that can assist businesses in managing its tax implications. We're thrilled to have Justin on the show today to discuss the financial challenges faced by businesses dealing with psychedelics due to their Schedule One classification. Let's dive right in. Hey, 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 Justin, how are you? What is going on? Thank you so much for being on the show. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, you're welcome. Uh, well, thanks also for joining us uh, uh, from Oregon. How's it, how is it going in Southern Oregon? Uh, it's going well. You know, uh, I I work quite a bit in the, the cannabis and psilocybin industries and Mm -hmm. psilocybin has been it's been very interesting to watch people first start their businesses and start doing sessions essentially above board on grid mm -hmm. and um and i'm very excited to be a part of that and being able to help business owners with that mm -hmm. so you know tell can you tell us a little bit about your journey and how you became an advocate for the cannabis and psychedelic industries i mean what brought you here and uh, at this particular point in time, you're going to be you have a session down in Wonderland and you're going to be mm -hmm. talking down there. So I'd like to hear a little bit about that as we go forward. But, you know, what's your journey and how how did you become an advocate? Well, I think that as with most people, their journey starts at the beginning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, and I, I uh, I'll, I'll just detract just a little bit and say that um get personal a little bit i had a very traumatic childhood lots of um considerations there grew up in like kind of a house of abuse single mom lots mm -hmm. of moving around very in unstable those kinds of things mm -hmm. uh, absent father yada yada no blame no blame on them i I, I i i i relate i totally young, relate. they were young parents and they had they had uh, family situations of their own so uh, but when I was 17, actually, I had been suffering from all sorts of different um, kind of like mental, mental obstacles. Uh, but a friend of mine uh, guided me on a journey. We were in high school, but uh, he 
provided me with some psilocybin mushrooms and we we were at a place kind of out out in the country very mm -hmm. nice little house with a nice garden and yard and mm -hmm. uh had a mind-blowing blowing psilocybin experience and from that point on i was highly interested in the subconscious mind uh into altered states of consciousness uh, i had already been experienced to of things like the power of prayer and the impact that, that can have on a person's um, psyche mm -hmm. and um and i was able to rebuild from there and so I've just been a, a, a big advocate, even in high school, of uh, cannabis legalization because I recognize the medicinal qualities of cannabis. Mm -hmm. uh, and and uh, but um, and I got a degree in psychology and all that. But I also uh, got married at a very young age and mm -hmm. looked for that kind of stable framework uh, mm -hmm. that, that counterbalance. You know, I don't know. I won't go into all the details there, right. but. Um, but I wanted to pay the bills. I wanted to stay in Southern Oregon. So I went into business mm -hmm. and I got into accounting. It uses mm -hmm. a very, all the same, a lot of the same functions as a, like a psychoanalyst or somebody who's in psychology <laughs> might do like accounting is a, a forensic viewpoint. The numbers don't lie, right? No, it's a, it's a very much a, a analytical problem solving mm -hmm. kind of business. And mm -hmm. also I got to where I get to work with people and that's, mm -hmm everything that I wanted to do and it pays pretty good. So mm -hmm. I went in that direction, became self-employed, went to college to also got a degree in business, went to college, specialized in accounting, started my own business out of college. And then um, fast forward to 2012, uh, 2013, started getting cannabis clients, people locally where mm -hmm. i'm from you know kind of the point of the emerald triangle here mm -hmm. for outdoor grow operations mm -hmm. uh was not very privy to 280e at that time just because most of my clients wanted to stay under the uh under the radar of actually owning cannabis businesses but at some point legalization started to roll around in mm -hmm. oregon 2016 right. and at that time I started getting friend requests on Facebook where I was seeing my clients mm -hmm. in their marijuana gardens. And I'm mm -hmm. like, hey, if you're going to advertise now that you're in marijuana, then we really need to start stepping it up and, and doing things right. And 280E mm -hmm. is this issue that I haven't had to address so far, but I quickly had to address it. Mm -hmm. And um, so mm -hmm. for those of you who I'm, I, uh, I'll get a little bit now down to business, but 280. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's unpack that a little bit. I was uh, that was yeah, my yeah, yeah, yeah. Unpacking what 280 e is. Yeah, yeah, perfect. 280 e is a code, an IRS code that is essentially kind of a penalty on trafficking businesses mm -hmm. that was implemented in the drug, uh, the war on drug in the 80s, so mm -hmm. that um, businesses that are in these uh, in the business of trafficking schedule one and two uh class drugs according to the dea which is class one is schedule one is uh no medicinal qualities and high, highly addictive so we know that that's not true but uh it's still schedule one <laughs> even though all the facts say something otherwise right uh and uh and therefore you're not allowed to take your business deductions mm. mm -hmm. 
<laughs> so if you have a business that makes a hundred thousand dollars, say, and uh, you you know you have your your attorney fees and your accounting fees and your in in a lot of cases your payroll and your and mm -hmm. your facility costs and your rent and your office right. expenses and all that you you can't deduct those so so even even if you are uh if even if you are um even if the criminalization aspect of it has been like defunded in some respect because there's mm -hmm. you know from a criminal uh, it, it's decriminalized but it's not illegal it's it's still illegal right it's it's decriminalized illegal. It's but it's illegal. still federally yeah. illegal mm -hmm. and so even though it's decriminalized and there are stores popping up everywhere and you know you can go ahead and 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 buy it within a medicinal framework mm -hmm. uh you still can't deduct the cost of operating the business around it is what no. you're saying you can you can deduct the purchases for resale. So farms, farms and producers, and psilocybin producers, and psychedelic producers, and those kind, of, those people will have it a little bit better because mm -hmm. we can justify deducting um, more like direct costs, directs mm -hmm. of growing or manufacturing, for example, are all right. considered a cost of goods sold, and a cost of goods sold is deductible. So for dispensaries, for example, they can deduct their purchases for resale, but they can't just if you take 280e at face value just what the code says you can't take any other costs so mm -hmm. they cannot take their payroll costs they cannot take their facility costs which is 80 yeah. like it's so much it. so i much. mean it's so it's 60 percent is operate is is people operations i mean you know 15 percent uh, uh, physical plant property and then you know you've got your other costs but most yeah, of it well, is people were, yeah, they were they were um, experiencing, you know, without any kind of methodology to counter for uh, 280e, mm -hmm. these guys, these dispensaries in particular, which are the hardest hit, and service centers here in Oregon and other mm -hmm. clinics uh, going forward as psychedelics rolls uh, across the United States and starts to become legal in various states are going to have a very similar thing that they're going to have to address. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but but dispensaries. Um, they were seeing 80 to 90 percent effective tax rates mm, mm -hmm. effective wow. meaning for every hundred dollars they're going to have to pay 80 to 90 percent wow uh in tax so they're going to pay 90 90 dollars on every hundred dollars that was a real thing early in the in the when the dispensaries were rolling into town here wow. in in oregon um so so then we got to uh you know i i went to i traveled to colorado where I took some continuing education where I thought, okay, they're going to tell me how to mm -hmm. make this better for people. How do we deal with 280E? <laughs> how did that and work? It, <laughs> it didn't work. Very, well, it was very, very good, but yeah. they didn't teach me anything teach that you. I already knew. And oh. what happened was it just be, kind of came became a round table mm. where mm -hmm. we, we were all just sharing our, every, all of these accountants who came from around the right. country who wanted to know, like, how are we going to deal with this? Uh, we just kind of were like, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you doing? And uh, we landed on uh, a IRS code provision called 471A. And this is prior to the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, which changed things for us a little bit. But ultimately, it's the it's the it's the code that kind of regulates capitalization of inventory. So it's a it's a manufacturing kind of a manufacturing code mm -hmm. that says, well, you you actually 
have to, and it was kind of a, it was the IRS trying to get manufacturing companies to postpone deducting or matching their income with their expenses a little bit more, like matching their sales with their costs, their cost of goods sold. And they were like, well, you actually have to apply 471C to your business as a manufacturing company. And therefore, you're going to capitalize, we want you to capitalize more of your your otherwise overhead costs or your indirect costs to inventory and then take them against income in the future. And we were like, so the cannabis industry was like, we're going to use this mm -hmm. <laughs> to, to allow us to take more mm -hmm. direct, indirect costs. So you can yeah. deduct your direct costs, like mm -hmm. what goes into producing a good or what goes into selling a, or right. the good itself that you're reselling. But you can't take all of those other other costs. So this actually allowed us to start to take um, the manufacturing costs. And so then, for dispensaries, for example, we started to be like, "Hey, when you're when your uh, bud tender is in the front, you can't mm -hmm. deduct their payroll. But when they're in the back, rolling pre rolls, weighing, packaging, doing value added mm -hmm. processing in the back, well, we can take a big portion of that person's payroll." Mm -hmm plus a big portion of the square footage of the facility and mm -hmm. all of these various things. And that brought their effective tax rate down to more like 50%. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so still horrendous, so, yeah. but yeah. way better than it was. And then fast forward to 2018 when the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, 2017 mm -hmm. when the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act passed, uh, it actually, mm -hmm. uh, it, created the 471, what's called 471C, which superseded 471A, mm -hmm. which actually then made everything and the whole intent by Congress that passed that was to make it a lot easier for us to be able to um, determine what our inventory mm -hmm. calculation should be. And it allows us to use, to base our inventory calculation on the books and records of the business. So mm -hmm. therefore it really did make things a whole hell of a mm -hmm. lot easier for us mm -hmm. because now we can say, okay, well, we're gonna we're gonna capitalize 100% of payroll. We're gonna capitalize 100% of mm -hmm. uh, of our facility costs. And granted, we don't not there are plenty that we still don't deduct. Mm -hmm. But that got the dispensaries down to near legal levels by mm -hmm. using that code section 471C, and that is still in effect. It's very highly controversial. There's a lot of tax attorneys mm -hmm. that will say absolutely not which then I think that, that these poor people are still being screwed over personally. And then there's other tax attorneys that are like, mm -hmm. yes, like, yes, mm -hmm. it may go to tax court. And yes, you know, yes, mm -hmm. there, this may be an issue, but the IRS has like, they don't have any teeth. They cannot defend mm -hmm. a position in opposition of our positions. Mm -hmm. And we are, you know, we're putting in all the disclosures. We're, uh, we are electing the correct uh, mm -hmm. inventory methodologies, like the request to change our accounting method to this mm -hmm. method of mm -hmm. inventorying these costs and being able to then deduct them. Um, and so for psychedelics, that still is available to them. And wow. it is one of two schools of thought mm -hmm. that we could use to help the the in in Oregon they're called service centers or the clinics or the mm -hmm. health mm -hmm. there's some other one there's other names as it kind of rolls 
uh, right. legal across right. the United States. Again, manufacturing doesn't have to worry so much. We can mm-hmm. that's legal. We can take a lot of deductions mm-hmm. legally without a lot of rigmarole. But anybody who is selling the psychedelics mm-hmm. is going to have issues. And there are and the cannabis industry has paved the way. So you don't have to. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of professionals in this industry now that really have it dialed in, mm-hmm. and you don't need to worry too much. I think. You do need to be careful mm-hmm. who you are going with. Um, they need to have a experience in this, mm-hmm. right. uh, or else right. they're they're right. they're going to have no understanding of it. They're going to be back at <laughs> where I was in 2014, mm-hmm. nearly right. 10 years ago, right. just having no, just kind of coming mm-hmm. up with the best idea. Yeah. Whereas yeah. now yeah. there is true methodologies. Yeah. Well, I want to roll it. I want to roll it back a little bit because I know Oregon is certainly uh, one of the first states to go ahead and legalize uh, psilocybin or plant medicine and also cannabis. And, uh, you know, I'm in New York and uh, the cannabis uh, uh, legalization issues have been horrendous. You know, there's like 20 uh, licenses that are been given through the um, you know, through the uh, state uh, cannabis uh, or the, uh, I don't know if they're calling it the cannabis office of management or they're still using the word marijuana. But in any mm-hmm. event, um, you know, you have probably about 1,500 legal stores that are mm-hmm. selling cannabis and they're also selling mushrooms and they're selling everything else. Well, so, you know, the, the, the profit motive is out there, certainly. And uh, I was speaking with someone else. I, I really do hope as a I'm a, uh, you know, I went through the uh, IPI maps credentialing as a psychedelic assisted therapy provider. And, you know, I really very uh, believe I, I have a high belief system in using whether or not it's cannabis as a medicinal tool or using psychedelics, but using it from a medicinal viewpoint rather than a, you know, a, an unbridled uh, mm-hmm. recreational viewpoint that is, can be potentially very, very sticky. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm just wondering, you know, when you start taking a look at, uh, some of the business owners that are out there, whether or not it's cannabis or psychedelics, and you start looking at, uh, where we're going with this, because, you know, you say the cannabis industry has paved the way. What, what, mm-hmm. what are some of the, you know, w- regulations or some of the things that you know or mistakes for that matter that business owners make when it comes to tax planning you know or or you know with cannabis or with psychedelics that you see on the horizon um and we still haven't gotten to your session at wonderland i want to make sure we cover that too yeah. oh okay yeah well i i kind of dipped into to it's it's going to be about 280 and all that but yeah um uh, I think that like from a business perspective, I mean, it's mm-hmm. just fortunately what I'm seeing with the psilocybin industry here in Oregon is that many of the people are a lot more sophisticated from a business perspective. They mm-hmm. want to, they're concerned and they rightfully so, and they want to cross their T's and dot their I's and they are hiring the professionals to help them navigate that. Whereas the cannabis industry was very different in that there was a lot of people who came from out of the woodwork while it was while it was rolling out and um they did not have the it was all handshake deals and very much cash and that's something that the psilocybin or the psychedelic Mm -hmm. industry is going to Mm -hmm. to uh they they probably could get bank accounts kind of under the under the radar you could probably get bank accounts but you 
there you're not allowed to get a bank account the banks won't bank with you if they know what you're doing mm -hmm. so you got to keep it on the down low and mm -hmm. that's another thing is like um you need to be careful you first of all books and records absolutely mm -hmm. from from my my occupation is all about uh helping to prevent audits and if you do get audited to mm -hmm. um help you navigate through it very mm -hmm. easily and just keeping good books and records keeping a cash ledger if you've got using a double entry accounting software like quickbooks or zero mm -hmm. um uh making sure that you have if you've got loans that you have like a, a note you know mm -hmm. like you're you've got an amortization schedule and a note um no just these things oh c corporations mm -hmm. uh if you're in a trafficking business where you're literally handling um the the drug then you need to be organized as a C corporation because the nice thing about that is there's a lot more liability protection, but then also if you, it pays its own taxes, the corporation. And so if the IRS comes back and says, Hey, you know what? We don't agree with, we, we think mm -hmm. you, you need to pay that 90 and Some 80 to 90% there, yeah. effective tax rate. It mm -hmm. stays in the corporation. It doesn't pass through you personally. Mm -hmm. So they can't come after the IRS cannot come after your assets. Mm -hmm. It stays with the C corporation. Um, they're a, a nice little, like just um, more information is you are only subject to 280E if you're trafficking. Mm -hmm. uh, and so if you're manufacturing, selling or administering, like if you are touching the, the plant, the the product mm -hmm. and administering it then you're trafficking so you need to be careful there in oregon they make sure that facilitation like you know keith mm -hmm. like you are a facilitator you don't touch the mm -hmm. you're there for caregiving and safety right for yeah for preparation and integration for preparation integration and, yeah and, and and if somebody is uh, actually uh, uh taking the medicine i specifically don't don't provide it they no. come with it they get it i don't know where they got it from and that's their business so i'm going to put your mind and many people who are in your positions mind at ease by saying you are not trafficking and you're not subject to 280 but there will be other there are tax attorneys that say that they could potentially say that well you are trafficking because your whole job is there solely based on the fact that um they are you know, participating in an illegal activity, which is this consumption of this. Uh, and you got to remember that the the, the government mm -hmm. just assumes that everything is like, you know, you might as well be cooking meth and mm -hmm. and and, right. and all these service centers and these health clinics are are actually uh, yeah. crack houses or something like that. Right. That's what there's that's how yeah. they see it. And I've met many of people who feel that way. So you need right. to be aware that that they they think a lot of these people have they don't understand and so you need to be very careful but um i think that there is a big if if they try to or apply 280e to you say like your business as a facilitator gets audited and they're like well you're drug trafficking mm -hmm. i think that there's a big big argument i don't think it would take much to defend that you aren't you and there's in fact there's a court case which i highly suggest uh reviewing californians helping to alleviate alleviate medical problems. I hope I said that right. Um, a court case in which the there was a nonprofit that was, uh, it, um, mm -hmm. it, it, it took membership fees and then they would receive cannabis and then they had credentialed mm -hmm. people 
providing uh, medical help. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm not exactly sure, but mm -hmm. uh, okay. And so the IRS favor or the tax courts. Uh, so the IRS tried to say that, well, the entire operation was subject to 280E. And then the tax courts came back and said, no, uh, for the medical services. So for the services, mm -hmm. that's not subject to 280E. The selling of the psilocybin is. So, so again, um, this is one organization with two uh, profit activities, what we'll just call them, two activities. Uh, one was service and mm -hmm. one was the sales of the the oh, cannabis. Got it. Two, two organizational structures and yep. entirely yeah. different. And, no. mm -hmm. Yes. And yeah. yep. And then there's like a spectrum of, of risk versus reward, complexity versus security. The more complex you make it, the more secure it is, the less if you keep it simple and keep it all under one like entity, like both right. the, 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 yeah. So I don't want to go in and on. No, it. no, that's, no, that's, no, that's good. That's, that's very good. And I think you're, I think going back to your structural uh, uh, discussion in terms of whether or not it's a C corp or whether or not you're a 501 C three or whether or not you're a 508 C one a, you know, you're part of the RFRA yeah. and then you're, you fall into a whole other, in terms of religious freedom and sacrament yeah. and so on and so forth. I work with a ketamine clinic and ketamine here in mm -hmm. New York is legal and mm -hmm. so is cannabis. And, you know, I, I, I do not, you know, facilitate circles or do any of that work, but there's a lot of that going on. And there's mm -hmm. a lot of the discussion around self-healing and working with people who are looking to go ahead and get through. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a healthcare ambassador with the Heroic Hearts Project. I'm a vet, so working with vets that have post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, suicidal ideation, you know, uh, 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 treatment-resistant depression, so on and so forth. The medicine, you know, these are wisdom medicines that need to be used in a very wise way, which is why I think you're providing the, you know, the uh, not only the lines on the road, but the mm -hmm. but the you know the barriers to help people mm -hmm. to understand how to go forward rather than get themselves in an accident right yeah and and mm -hmm. and i i'm wondering you know what your view is you're going to be at wonderland what's your what's the topic you're going to be talking about is uh i think it i think it was uh mitigating the just making people aware of uh 280e and and how to mitigate mm -hmm fallout of it i think that's in my in the like name with the 471 c and, and so yeah on. and oh. and the and the legal methodologies uh -huh. that are currently being entertained in Got terms it. of i mean we haven't in in oregon we have i haven't filed a single tax return uh for service centers just mm -hmm. yet uh mm -hmm. because we just started providing sessions in 2023 uh, and so that's something that we're going to uh, be doing in 2024. Uh, so, and and I've I've spoken with a lot of my tax attorney colleagues of various minds of how mm -hmm. this all should be dealt with. And then, of course, we have, I have m myself and two other partners that mm -hmm. are have ground this mm -hmm. down to a fine powder <laughs> at this point, <laughs> like in terms of everything that you need to to take into consideration and then formulating the best approach. Mm -hmm. uh, and there is no one size fits all, but um, but but it's better than where we were in in the, you know, mm -hmm. in 2011 mm -hmm. or, or, you know, 
even before that when cannabis was first kind of rolling out so in that way that's why i said that cannabis kind of paved the way i met from like a legal and taxed perspective um yeah Mm -hmm. so so Mm -hmm. so from your view i mean you know sitting on the side of the operations view right because Mm -hmm. obviously you know anyone that wants to go into the business is you know they're going into it with us probably a sincere heart to go ahead and want to help and and really you know work with people to recover whatever Mm -hmm. sanity they might have in terms of their own normalcy Mm -hmm. you know to normalize Mm -hmm. things but Mm -hmm. you know you're working really on the operational side of it and i'm Mm -hmm. i'm just wondering you know compared to other businesses um you know when we look at the psychedelic industry where do you what what are the things that you see as you start moving forward um you know as you're going down to wonderland you've been involved with this other event you know what are the some of the things that you see on the horizon that may be helpful for businesses uh that are looking at getting into the space looking at individuals well i i mean i think i think that uh Mm-hmm. What do I see? I mean, I see that the sky is essentially the limit. <laughs> you know, oh, like okay. yeah. if, if done, I mean, I don't, I don't want to count. I don't want to. I mean, there's plenty of pitfalls that we could go, go into, but with the with the right kind of guidance, then mm-hmm. there from from that side of things. I mean, there's the helping side and there's the operation side, and I think that if you just make sure you spend the time on the operation side of it because we do want to be caregivers and that's where we want to focus and 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 i i rec i recognize the amount of energy that it takes to be empathetic and mm-hmm. have empathy and compassion for people when you are um trying to help them and and they may even like resist your help and make your life miserable when you're trying to help them and that takes a tremendous amount of energy from that side of things and this is very bureaucratic this is very uh, left brain it's not something that it's like the op it's almost like the opposite of what you're trying to do but you do have to take the time to spend on it um you need to be organized <laughs> you need to seek out the advice of of professionals uh who will you know take care of you in this legal and accounting unfortunately um we're we're required right. <laughs> at this point um making this sure isn't like selling fruit this isn't like selling fruit on the side of the road mm-hmm. no. no no um uh you know and then um and then it's kind of a risk reward kind of thing too like mm-hmm. you know the early entrance may be picked mm-hmm. out and made uh an example of mm-hmm. by the by the authorities mm-hmm. you know and i'm not sure if psychedelic i feel like psychedelics has a little bit more respect than cannabis strangely enough you know like mm-hmm. i mean we i mean it is there because it's a lot less about the recreational use and a lot more about the i think that i think that there's been a long history of uh you know clinical tr- studies studies and and a, and a really good um mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. There, it has a, a a lot better of a foundation in a well, way. Well, MAPS has done so, the last thirty years, yeah, eighty-six thousand yeah. research papers. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's research papers out there on cannabis, but not mm-hmm. to the same, not not given the same kind of rigor 
or structure mm -hmm. in terms of, mm -hmm. you know, what does Tanobsis do to the default mode network and how does it help you to deal with your stress or trauma? Yeah. And how yeah. does it do, how does it do that in a therapeutic environment? I mean, that's right. That's 30 years. Like that's been the focus. To, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it did it did it it the you know the LSD days and all that stuff where it came into cultural you know, right. our, our psyche and then as a dangerous, potentially recreational drug, I think that's being kind of, it's been like, mm -hmm. it's been pulled back and then hopefully it doesn't go in that same direction. Like you were saying, like, hopefully it's not about, uh, just getting, you know, screwed up and stuff. You know what I mean? Like just getting, just getting the money, getting the money, honey. Yeah. 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 And there's going to be plenty dump, of, there's plenty of opportunity for making a profit and whatnot like any business though you have to balance like your joy and the fulfillment of providing the service that you're providing and then of course your financial desires and whatnot and i think there's room for both like that's another thing is like it seems like people think that if you can't do one with the other it's not not there's an intake and a there's a you know in breath and an out breath and the in-breath is abundance and the out-breath is uh helping people so i think there's room i'd for like that it sounds yeah. like it sounds like you practice uh you know this is the mindfulness experience do you practice any mindfulness or you know your thoughts about that i know you're i know you know most people think cpa oh well you know analytical you know what yeah what, where, where yeah. do they well, go it's like what, i'm i'm like presence, what i know? do is the antithesis of <laughs> right of being present <laughs> as an occupation because it's all like uh you know it's all these kind of uh thought formations that we're all dealing with right like and so so i'm navigating this crazy uh thought formation that has been compounded over years and years and years and and it's mm -hmm. a huge distraction uh, but it's necessary in some ways. So uh, I, you, we do live in a society, so you do have to have things like laws. And <laughs> so I get it. And, uh, but yeah, no, I, I definitely, I would say like just spending time with my family and I walk my dog every day um, and I get in the meditation when I can and I try to sleep really well. And it's, right. uh, this business is very much like kind of, I would say this is a great recommendation. Like if you're in business for yourself, you and you want to be successful at it, you have to take care of yourself kind of like you're an athlete in a right. way get right. good sleep eat really well get exercise meditate if you you know those mm -hmm. kinds of things yeah and i think i think the other side of it you know uh, not to not to you know sell yourself short justin mm -hmm. i think the other side of it is you're really helping uh businesses and individuals to be mindful about their impact on the world and what they are doing, not only in terms of their organization, uh, but the construct that they're creating and the accountability that they're having as they start bringing these medicines, whether or not it's mm -hmm. cannabis or psychedelics to market, however they're doing that, whether or not it's mm -hmm. through a retail operation or whether or not it's through you know, the administration through a, a psychotherapy center or you know, a community center as you have over there. So I think there's a very, very, very big part of your business that really is about mindfulness. Mm -hmm. It's about being present mm -hmm. to your impact on the world and how you're landing on others and how they're perceiving or receiving you based on the constructs or the requirements that are there for you to 
be in the space, right? How's yeah. that? Did I did I yeah. did I give I you props you, on that you one? Summed it real well. Yeah, summed it up real well. Yeah. yeah, that's good. That's good. So let me ask you: uh, when you start taking a look at um, you know uh, advice when people want to start a business uh, in the psychedelic industry, but they may be concerned about the uh, financial challenges, um, you know a lot of people we're going to be down in you know miami and wonderland there's going to be venture capital companies there mm -hmm. startups mm -hmm. a lot of people that are down there mm -hmm. but you understand uh certainly being in oregon and also being in the financial area in terms of mm -hmm. providing the structure mm -hmm. you understand what some of the pitfalls can be what what you know what do you think people should be concerned about in terms of the challenges yeah well, I mean, you you mentioned venture capital and and yeah, like when we go when we go to these conferences and whatnot, you're gonna find the whole spectrum of people that are there, and so each each uh, type of person or each type of opportunity that's presented is gonna to come with its own set of circumstances and consequences of how you deal with it, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I think just sticking with um, doing, you know, trying to stay with you're doing this uh, because you enjoy doing this. You want to help people uh, and recognizing that because of that, you could potentially experience abundance, but not losing the fact. And it's the same with me. I love working with people and I want to help people fulfill their goals and um have have the life that they're choosing to live um but it's easy to get caught up in get quick get, get rich quick mm. it's easy to for especially so there's that whole uh, thing like hey the the there's the people with wisdom and then there's the people with the money and the people with the uh wisdom leave with the money and the people with the money leave with the wisdom have you heard that one uh and so no i like that i haven't heard that yeah before. yeah Good. so so yeah. depending on where you're at like because there's going to be a ton of people who are like hey i've i've been growing shrooms i've been growing shrooms all my life and like hey i want to you know i want to do this and that but they may not have mm. the business acumen that's required and and there is no like here i'm just going to just dump a bunch of money into this and then and it's going to just work on its own mm. and you have to be careful like a lot of people are criminals, you know, like, and they and they can they don't they have know it. They, they're, they're, they're criminals, and they're doing it. They think they're just doing a good job helping people. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Well, well, the, that that there's that there's the people who are liter literally helping people, and they they probably could do well in business if they had the right partnerships and whatnot. Right. Um, but then there's the people who are going to the criminals um, who are going to take advantage of the other people. They're, yeah, exactly. I mean, they're so they're they're like good talkers, and they and they'll convince you to give them their money, or they will, um, you know, they will get you to. Yeah, I mean, just watch out. Watch narcissistic. Out for that kind of Are thing. we talking about narcissistic sociopaths of some sort? <laughs> maybe, maybe that's it. But uh, yeah, there's just all types of people. So just do your due diligence. Make sure that you're avoiding handshake deals you've you've got you know you've got attorneys involved unfortunately you do have to bring bring them in like <laughs> you have to bring people in like that and uh when you're going into business and and uh 
uh, when you're going into business, remember there's the fireworks too. You know, there's always the fireworks like at the beginning, wow. like I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm, I'm going to do these things and I'm going to kind of play this role and it's going to be amazing projection it, on the screen. Yeah. 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 And it's more like, yeah, but it's going to be a star, mom. I'm going to be a star. Yeah. Something like that. And, and then eventually those fireworks wear out and the reality sets in and it's, and 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 then for those people who may have already made it beyond that point the stars and the reality is set in it's kind of like at that point you're like am i did i make the right decision right right it's always hard work like the the life success is never straight right yeah. it goes yeah, all yeah. over the place and so um yeah, you make a, you i don't can, know i can, can make a you can make a great meal but somebody's got to do the dishes yeah yeah somebody's got to do the dishes so I would say that's probably the biggest pitfall that I've seen is people creating partnerships with other people. Like that's the number one thing. That's like the putting, number one issue. Putting together your team. Yeah. Putting you got to put together a really good team. You have to know who you're getting into, and also just try to look at things through reality versus rose-colored glasses. And and oftentimes people, when they want something really bad, they'll overlook all of the red flags. Mm. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's right. like addiction in a way, like yeah, wishful know, thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like you, there's there's five things there's things that come up all the time that tells you that this isn't a good idea, and there's probably a lot of people telling you that too, but you're not going to listen to it because you want you want you're attached to the the vision the right. vision of these, I, this outcome that you have created in your mind. Right, right, and, uh, right, right. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that, uh, isn't that, that, that's wise advice. That's advice, that's wise advice that applies to so many areas of life. Justin, yeah. it's, uh, it's really yeah. uh, quite something, right? Mm -hmm. you know, it yeah. really is. Yeah. So let me Pick ask you reality. <laughs> yeah, it's the reality. So let yeah. me ask you, as we start, start to bring our time to a close, what are you looking for forward to most, uh, Heading down to uh, Florida and Wonderland, Miami. Have you taken a look at the agenda? Any particular people you yeah. want to hit up, or I, things you want to do, or anything like that? I I'm excited for it. I I I don't know what to expect. I have I'm leaving um, leaving my expectations uh, somewhat neutral so that I can enjoy the experience uh, as it comes, uh, but. I have always enjoyed, I go to marijuana business conference every year, uh, and I've always enjoyed seeing all of the exhibitors and definitely mm -hmm. talking to the attorneys and the accountants and those, uh, the, my colleagues in the industry. Uh, and uh, I, I mean, of course, I, I love like learning about the new technologies that are out there. Uh, I, what was his name? Zappy. So, Zappi, uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, oh yeah, Zappi. Oh, we just call him Zappi. Yeah. Yeah. I, I heard him speak a while ago about all the various like new technologies with ketamine, which is yeah. very interesting. And uh, I love learning about that. I want to. I do want to see the uh, the the benefits. I mean, the overall benefits that I think uh, psychedelics will have on our right. society over time. I think mm -hmm. that's it's going to be a wonderful. Um, new actualization of <laughs> wouldn't it a be, healing a healing you know, wouldn't it be bit. nice if we healed uh, more people and uh, mm -hmm. you know and and also brought people together and saved the planet wouldn't that be a wonderful thing i i think i'm i'm hoping that 
was it, it was Ram Das. I think he said that um, in in India uh, there is uh, a lot of a very it was it's very materially poor but spiritually rich. And in the U.S., it's the opposite. In the Western world, we're very materially rich but very spiritually poor. And he said that in a material world, you have to you sometimes you need a material answer mm. and mm. that is and that is psychedelics mm. Mm. well let's hope so let's hope so yeah. how would how would people get a hold of you uh, justin if they want to find out more about what you're up to and and yep. really uh, maybe even seek your advice and counsel uh with their own business yep yep they they can give us a call or they can email us through our website calixcpa.com and that is spelled c a l y xcpa.com and then our phone number is there you can also just email through the uh the website and Great. we will get back to you right well it's a real pleasure uh having you on the show thank you so much for yeah no thank you sharing sharing your wisdom yeah thank you and i look forward to uh meeting you in person in the at the me too thanks Thank you so much, Justin, for joining us today and providing valuable insights into the financial challenges faced by businesses dealing with psychedelics and cannabis. Your expertise in tax planning for the cannabis and psychedelic industries has been incredibly insightful and will undoubtedly help our listeners navigate this rapidly evolving landscape. To our listeners, thank you for tuning in to the Mindfulness Experience podcast. Remember, use the Mindfulness 20 code for a 20% discount off your registration for the Wonderland Conference. That's wonderlandconference.com. That's Wonderland Miami 2023. We'll see you there from November the 9th through the 11th. Take care.